0: Welcome to podcast number 34, Hearing the Lord Through Mental Illness. Now, I've always felt that one of the greatest issues with mental illness was the difficulty of hearing the Lord through it all. I personally had always felt almost cut off through heaven because of my illness. I know many others who felt the same. Today's podcast is about just that. How can you function within the gospel? Hearing the Lord as it were, being able to hear him and manage it, and manage your mental illness. As always, what I say today is not an official publication of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And as always, if you find it helpful, pass it along to someone else you think might be might uh, be able to use it. Now, throughout my membership in the church, and due to my own personal illness, I've come across many individuals who have experienced and who do suffer with mental illness. Now, I know what I've said doesn't seem very newsworthy. But one common thread between all of them is the difficulty of applying the doctrines of the gospel to their lives while suffering through a mental illness. Mental illness can be a lonely illness in the church, as there really isn't much detail as to how to deal with it. How do I live the gospel and the doctrine, as written by the Lord, and still manage a serious mental illness that affects my ability to even listen to the Lord? Now, I'm not advocating changing doctrine nor the outcomes, nor the purposes of the gospel. However, what I am saying, what I will be saying today, is that mental illness causes weaknesses to occur in areas of doctrinal application where the application is going to have to differ to allow for correct outcomes. What this means is that the gospel needs to be applied differently to those who are suffering from mental illness to be effective in their lives. They cannot think that they can apply the gospel as do their friends and family who do not have the difficulties they face. Now, of course, this is going to take a little bit of explanation. In my years of searching for answers to my mental illness concerns and the doctrines and principles of the church, I found very little detailed information regarding how the Lord expects those of us suffering with mental illness to work within the doctrine of the church and with the scriptures and and the conference talks that have been provided. Now, my initial reaction was to feel quite lonely and isolated in that I didn't have a significant amount of answers to my questions. I struggled for much of my early life, even up into my 30s, trying to understand how the Lord wanted me to live the gospel, given the significant barriers of communication, feelings, and emotional instability. Now, I have poured over the scriptures and many conference talks to find very little evidence or ways that I could live within the gospel and still manage my illness effectively, and even fewer examples of applications that I could really concretely use in my own life. As I've discussed this problem with other members who have felt the same way, i found many that have left the church unable really to reconcile the effects of mental illness with principles of happiness, repentance, mercy, forgiveness, and even a loving God. I know many people who have left the church because they simply don't have the answers they need to be able to live the gospel and work through and manage the illness. I do realize that the church has provided a wealth of videos and other information, including a couple of talks in general conference. While I have found that information useful and helpful, I still didn't find much clear direction on how to apply the gospel to my mental illness. Now, I know that applications of gospel principles are a very personal thing. However, the scriptures and conference talks are filled with examples and suggestions as to how to live the gospel when you don't have the difficulties of a mental illness. When I read the scriptures, I realize that the closest thing in scriptures to mental illness is the casting out of the devils, and perhaps Saul the king, who really didn't manage his illness very well. There are certain scriptures. There are certainly scriptures to talk about trials, weaknesses, difficulties of the flesh, the natural man, and many other standard doctrines. But I found it difficult to relate what I was reading to my own situation. But how do I navigate the gospel and mental illness? Where are the details? Where are the examples? The know-how? The I have done this before, and here are some suggestions. Now I am confident that turning to the Lord is the answer, but then I want to know the details that follow. I think we all ask the same questions, and ultimately there are going to be some differences in the answer. However, I think that mental illness can be weaved into the gospel fabric, but one has to get rid of the notion that the applications of the doctrine are going to apply to you exactly the same as if you didn't have an illness. Now, what I'm going to work through today, I have learned personally, so you can take it with your own grain of salt. My answers as to how to weave the gospel into my own mental illness life may not be the same as yours, but hopefully today it'll provide you some ideas so that you can do the same, but in your own way. Now, let's start straightforward with the difficulties that are faced by members of the church who suffer with mental illness. The first and the main difficulty we all face is personal revelation. Now, kind of the definition or what we think of personal revelation is that required communication from heaven so that we might learn the principles of celestial life and receive confirmations of spiritual truths. The standard language for receiving personal revelation is a feeling that comes upon the heart and the mind the feeling can be a peace joy understanding light so forth it often comes unexpectedly meaning that it does come in its own timing however there is also a requirement for the lord by the lord to ask for this revelation it is often different than our own feelings and may be more powerfully felt now personal revelation is required for the initial testimony of the church and an ongoing confirmation of true principles and additional knowledge All this really means is that a member of the church cannot progress in the gospel without this vital link to heaven. Now, the difficulty associated with the principle of personal revelation faced by those who suffer is really the unstable nature of emotions and feelings. Meaning, we really learn not to trust our inner feelings as they are often deceptive to us. This can also be very true for our thoughts, as our thoughts are often influenced by our own feelings. So with an inability to trust feelings, personal or otherwise, we are left with a cavernous gap facing us as to what we can trust to be true and real and confirmed and what is not. Additionally, depression and anxiety cause negative influences within the mind and body and, ve- and offer very little, and also there are very little desires to do anything. So, one can feel worthless, doubtful, fearful, anxious, tired, and very much not like a son of daughter of God. And the feelings have a tendency to be consistent and unrelenting to the body and mind. Meaning that feeling those confirming emotions and desires to do good is going to have to push through quite a dark cloud of emotional doubt, confusion, and exhaustion. My personal experiences have taught me a few important principles about mental illness and personal revelation and the Lord's ability to speak to us even through the clouds of mental illness or perhaps around them. The Lord is unlikely to speak to someone with mental illness in the same way that he might normally normally a normal functioning person. He knows how to work within our mental illness. First it is important to establish how the Lord normally provides for personal revelation. And that is, we attune ourselves to spiritual things, and the Lord has the ability to direct our lives in beneficial ways. Revelation can come at any time, for any reason, and really upon any subject. We simply need to attune ourselves to the revelation. Second, the Lord can provide for spiritual confirmation in a number of ways. He doesn't have just one normal path. The one with which most of the church is familiar is the powerful influence coming over the body and the mind. The influence is typically positive, joyful, peaceful, and can be recognized as something coming into the body that is not generated by normal emotions. Now, the extent to which this feeling, powerful feeling is, I guess in some ways powerful, depends upon a variety of conditions, and the feeling is often tailored to the individual. Now, while that is the normal pathway, it generally doesn't work for those who are suffering, and where emotions, even powerful ones, may not be trusted by the individual. There exist a variety of ways that the Lord communicates His truth to us that do not necessarily meet this normal criteria. Inspiration can come as a subtle nudge of remembrance, a solution to a problem that suddenly appears in the mind, a rather normal thought that benefits us in our life. It can come from the words of others or places where we're reading for information, And this includes almost anyone or anywhere. I call it the light up a phrase type of revelation. It can feel as though a phrase, a sentence, or paragraph just jumps out at you, almost as as if someone else is speaking. Now, the Lord has many good ways to influence our minds and souls. One of the things I have learned about the Lord's communication is that it is far more consistent and influential than we realize. If we do those things he has asked us to do, such as reading scriptures, church and temple attendance, listening to good music, refraining from evil thoughts, generally obeying the principles of the gospel, then the Lord is very apt to communicate on a regular basis, even if we don't recognize it as him. Now, I've experimented with this idea and found that when I took the time to truly open my eyes or allowed the Lord to open my eyes to the variety of inspiration I received on a daily basis, I found that the Lord was in far more of the details of my life than I had ever expected. What this means is that you are likely receiving revelation in ways you may not recognize right now, and in pathways the the Lord already knows He can use to communicate with you. Sometimes we just need to ask Him to show us how much we are receiving, and I can almost tell you with certainty that you are receiving more than you know. There is something that is also important to understand about revelation and agency, The Lord is not going to be insistent and continue to put a prod in our back for us to listen. We are likely to receive a prompting, and then the feeling will, let's say, fade. And we are expected to obey through our own agency. Now, the Lord understands that we are learning, so often the feeling is repeated for us, but we are still expected to act without significant insistence by the Lord. He requires that we act with our own agency and not with a prod at our back. Why is all this in some... Why have, well, Why is all this important to someone who is mentally ill and trying to receive revelation? The importance is found in the idea that the Lord has many pathways to aid one in receiving revelation and knowing that it is from the Lord. In my own experiences of mental illness, I have found that the Lord didn't really provide the overwhelming, powerful feeling of truth on a regular basis to me. In fact, he didn't very often use feelings doesn't mean that he didn't, it just wasn't my normal path. The Lord understood my condition and the difficulty with my emotions. So my personal revelations came in very different ways. Often the Lord would repeat the same message in a variety of ways to me, outside of my feelings, so that I could understand that it was something that he wanted me to do. This could mean that a thought might come to my head perhaps several times, which was a phrase that was repeated later in that day by someone else. I would then find the same phrase or information while reading or talking to someone else or on social media. Each time, the Lord would light up the phrase or gently remind me of what I had thought. Now, rarely did these messages come with a powerful statements of spiritual confirmation, but I could tell that the Lord was trying to reach me by the various methods He would use outside of my emotions to speak with me. Now, if I had a particular question and needed an answer, But I was in the middle of an episode, and I realized that the answer might be mixed with my own personal feelings. Knowing that I was in an episode, I would generally not act on the answer until I had slept on it, which means I had taken it away from my mind to see if the same feelings or thoughts would arise perhaps the next day. I found that if they were my own feelings, then often I didn't feel the same way the next day. But if I did feel the same the next day or the same thought or prompting, and if needed because of that the the day after, I generally felt that I could act on the prompting. The Lord always found ways to communicate to me outside of those feelings so that I knew that it was from Him. So sometimes it requires that we sleep on it, detract from our normal thought patterns, or move away from the subject so the Lord can reconfirm the idea outside of our own personal emotions. Now something is very important about personal revelation and hearing the Lord's voice. It is a process to learn what is from the Lord and what is not. We come to understand the whisperings of the Spirit over time and as we work with the Lord. So if you make a few mistakes in the process, know that everyone has and that we are working towards hearing the Lord perfectly. It is also important to note that the Lord has given you the illness and fully understand what that means. He knows how he needs to frame communications to you, so that they are sufficiently unique that you can identify them. He does not purposely or desire to make things difficult. It's just going to take a little time to identify how he communicates with you around the weaknesses brought upon my mental illness. It also helps to ask him to help you see how he does communicate to you. Once you know that the Lord has spoken, you will likely have a limited ability to act given the lack of desire that comes with depression and anxiety. The Lord understands this as well, and He does tailor His revelation to your circumstance. As I have navigated the difficulties of the church doctrine and things that I need to do with the illness, I realize that the negative impulses, feelings, and thought patterns of the illness are really exploited by Lucifer. It is His intent to tell you that you cannot live within the doctrines and principles of the gospel and have this illness. His voice is always one of failure, worthlessness, doubt, fear. And only what you can see is real. He exploits your emotional conditions of stability to say that only what you can, f- only what you can see here, see and hear is real to you. You can't trust your emotional state, so don't even try. He wants you to believe that you're not good enough, not doing enough, not serving enough, not spiritual enough to be in the Lord's kingdom. You can, cer- you can be certain that any communication of this nature is not of the Lord. The Lord knows your capacity. He has given you your weakness, so he would not say any of those things to you. My communications with the Lord, when I knew them to be for him from him, were generally positive, encouraging, and loving. This doesn't mean that he didn't tell me when I was wrong when I needed to be, but even those communications added an encouragement to keep going. There was never doubt, fear, or failure. The second great difficulty faced by those who have a mental illness is really about sin and happiness. The scriptures are fairly clear that sin leads to unhappiness. So the corollary to that statement is, if you are unhappy, there is something wrong in your life, or there is sin in your life. That is at least what Lucifer wants you to believe. The statement, wickedness never was never happiness, is very true. But to rewrite the statement to mean that all unhappiness has come from sin, or wickedness, is not correct. This is especially true when discussing mental illness. Your depression, suffering, pain, and emotional difficulties are not because of sin or even a punishment, although I do understand that it may seem that way at times. Now, Lucifer wants you to think this way because if he can get you to feel as though you are not worthy, he can get you to leave the church and your covenants. I always had difficulties with feelings as though I had sinned or that my past sins have come back to haunt me. As I have said before, sin and depression actually feel pretty similar, if not identical. When depressions would come, so would the unworthiness thoughts and the past regrets. I wouldn't feel worthy or desirous to go to church, read scriptures, or really do anything spiritual. Understand that the Lord fully understands your condition and the nature of depression and anxiety. If he needs to correct behavior, it will not be in the same way you feel it in your depressions or your anxiety. You can almost place every feeling of worthlessness, doubt, fear and anxiousness in the realm of mental illness and chemistry of the brain with the added caveat of lucifer pushing those buttons. The difficulty, and I know how difficult it is, to is to separate all of those feelings from any type of revelation from the Lord. The Lord will always be encouraging, loving and helpful in his correction. Never abusive, harsh, doubting, or casting you as worthless. Isolating feelings during depression can be effective to a point, but I also understand that those feelings bleed their way into every portion of our lives. I think what helped me most was to associate those feelings with either Lucifer and my illness, and to take all those negative feelings and to place them on the chemistry of the brain and, of course, Lucifer's minions. It took me a long time to reconcile my feelings with the doctrine of sin and repentance, Unhappiness is not necessarily an indication of sin, especially when you have depression and anxiety. I even found that the Lord did not use unhappiness to correct me or guide me. He understood that I already battled enough of those feelings. For those who are suffering from mental illness and concerned about sin and repentance and are unsure as to exactly how to go about it, when under the influence of the illness, there are some things I noticed in my own personal life. I don't remember a time when the Lord corrected me my behaviors by using the same feelings as when I was in my depression. I don't think that he would do such a thing, and my experience is that he doesn't. Most of the time, the Lord, if the Lord needed to correct me, he did so more in my rational thoughts, rather than my own feelings, uh, in the ways that we discussed previously. Meaning that the doctrine would come into my mind that would help me to understand what needed to be corrected, and often the encouragement to move forward with the correction, although. That wasn't necessarily always there it was distinct from feelings of mental illness and i believe the lord does so on purpose and he did so on purposely for me he knew that unhappiness depression and feelings that others might feel would be more confusing to me than helpful so the lord really didn't use the methods that you would typically find for other people and i believe that he will use distinct methods so that we can hear his voice from all the others It took me many years to learn that any feelings of doubt, fear, past sins, depression, darkness, negativity, never came from the Lord. One of the things that is important about mental illness and the nature of those feelings is that the Lord never brings up past sins. The Lord is quick to forgive and to put things behind you because he realizes that past sin begats future sin. In other words, we are far more likely to commit sin again If we are focused on the sins of the past, Lucifer, however, is keenly aware of this. The Lord wants us to put it behind us and to leave those things in the past. Yes, we need to learn from them, but then we need to move forward and put that in the past. So if your illness seems to continually remind you of past issues, then know that it is not of the Lord and that it is not how he works, especially when he is working with those who have a mental illness. Now, there are certain other principles and doctrines that are difficult beyond personal revelation, and that includes trying to remain spiritual when your body is in a depressed state of emotions or anxious to the level of distraction. It can be very difficult to read scriptures, attend church, attend social events, accomplish ministering visits, teach principles of the gospel, and even have faith. I think that is important to understand the Lord does not expect that we will function like someone with a more normal emotional balance. He knows that we are going to have limited capacity at times, maybe not be able to attend all of church, only send a short email or social note to our ministering families. What the Lord asks of those who suffer is that they do what they can based on their limitations. If that is only a few scriptures and listening to some peaceful music one day, then that is what it is. The Lord does not expect those of us who suffer to live the gospel. The same way or to the same level as those who do not. Yes, we are expected to live all of the same commandments. There are no exceptions. But because we have limited capacities, we are only expected to do as much as our bodies and minds really allow for us and not compare our accomplishments or our spiritual levels to those who do not have the illness. And that reality is okay. Our efforts are individually based on what the Lord has given us, If you remember the parable of the talents, some were given greater quantities and others lesser, but the reward in the end was the same. The Lord does not require that we run faster than we have strength. He does require us to run, but at the pace that works for what you have been given in your life. The question then becomes, well, what is that pace for me? My experience with mental illness tells me that the pace is likely going to change on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis depending on how the illness affects you. This is certainly an area where personal revelation will help, and we've discussed how we can work with personal revelation. And I know that the Lord can get his message to you. just might have to look for it in different ways. Now, the Lord knows that you have difficulties at times with motivation and desire. I know I make that sound a little whitewashed. Sometimes you can't get out of bed. Understand that the Lord is merciful, and you should not be ashamed of trying But being unable to function, if we are unable to teach our Sunday school class or attend ward council or see our ministering families, understand that the Lord fully understands your situation and he does not find fault in you seeing your weakness and making accommodations for it. He is not going to condemn you for calling in a substitute or a counselor to serve in your place. I will admit that there are going to be times when you're going to feel a strong tug to go and that you probably do need to go, even though you may not have a desire. This has happened to me many times in various leadership positions. and When I have taken steps to move forward, the Lord has provided for me in the moment that I needed, as long as I asked for it. But I have also felt the tug of the illness that was too overpowering, and the Lord had no concern with me asking for help from another person. The Lord knows what he has given you and what you can do. Sometimes he will give you the energy to accomplish what he needs, and sometimes you will call a ward friend to help. I don't believe that the Lord condemns anyone who has made accommodations for their illness. This will be the most difficult part of it: deciding when you have done enough or what that you need to do more. With mental illness, we all live; we all need to live somewhere between not doing anything and exhaustion, because we've done too much. I always try to err a little more on the exhaustion side of things, but that is going to mean different things for different people. The one thing you cannot do is compare your service to another who does not have the illness or the same limitations. If you do this comparison, your life will be miserable. I can't say it any clearer than that. If you compare your life to someone who does not have the same illness or limitations, your life is going to be miserable. Do not do it. What you do and your capacity is between you and the Lord. You will find that if you take into account your illness, when you begin applying gospel principles and doctrines, then your happiness will actually increase. Your peace and joy in the living, the gospel, will also increase. The pressures and stresses will fade away from your disease, and you can again find some joy within the gospel principles. Now, may the Lord help you to find that balance. As always, remember that the Lord requires the fight, and then he can do his part. We'll talk to you next time.